And we're happy to have Pastor Hal and Pam with us today. So let's give them a warm CC. See, welcome. Amen. Thank you. Boy, I love the young people. I I still get pimples. They all have to leave. (laughs) Glad you're here. Glad you're part of what's going on here at Christian Center Church, as you all uh, call CCC. And it is a blessing for Pam and I. Stand up there, Pam. This is my wife. This September 1 will be 44 years. The... uh, It is a blessing to follow or to be a part of sharing when Pastor Jason and Leah are gone. They have been longtime friends and have been a part of our lives and are a part of our lives, and it's really an honor to be here. And I'd like to really thank the elders that are here, because while I'm here sharing, since Pastor is here, I'm accountable to them. I truly believe Pam and I do an accountability. And so uh, the elders, would you stand and wave your hand so everybody know who the elders are, please, real quick? Stand up, where, where, where? Stand up, elders, two, word and back. Okay, thank you, thank you. And so while I'm here, there, uh, I look to them, I ask them questions and, and ask which steps to take or where they're at. And um, it's about being accountable and submission because without accountability, truly the anointing is, flows through accountability. The, uh, and it was nice to see uh, Sean, I met him, and then Alexis. What a nice uh, opportunity it is to have. Stand up. This is the music minister, Alexis. She is a school teacher here in the area. And um, Pam taught school for a while, and I was a substitute teacher for uh, many years. I would go on Fridays. It was my day off, so I would go and be a substitute teacher. And one of the things that I got asked to do sometimes for, for our school is to be there during PTA or parent-teacher night. And when you walk in and the teacher is young enough to be your daughter, you think you know a little bit more. And I thought, man, what a wonderful young lady. Thank you for investing in students. And I asked her, what instruments does she play? And she said that she plays this, that, and then she plays a violin. I asked her, there's an old school thing called a special. Next week, could you play, because I'm speaking next Sunday too, Pastor will be back the 9th of July. Asked her if she would play a violin piece next week. How many of y'all know that's that's great anointing there? So she's going to be doing that as part of our service. And uh, what what an honor it is to have her and um, be... uh, be able to do that. Thank you for a team. As you can tell, this you can tell not only a worship team, but the teams are around here. Uh, I haven't been here for a while, but it is really uh, very interesting to see how you're coming together more and more. You might not recognize it or see it, but how you're coming together more and more, and how you becoming this whole team thing. You might not agree with everybody. I don't know if you do or don't, but I do know people. Is that uh, you start to say we're going to put that aside and let's let's go for what gives God the glory. Amen. Amen. And so with that in mind, I want to tell you, it is amazing the generational uh, thing that has taken place in your church to see all these students, some 40 plus went to camp. When you talk about all these students that come to this church and there's a lot of people, how many of y'all are 50 and over? Raise your hand. Okay. Folks that are 60, stand because I want to give you a little exercise. People are 60 and stand. 60 years old. It's not exactly 60, but 60 or over. 
Okay, thank you. Thank you. Remain standing. Everybody that is under 70, sit. And the people 70 and over remain standing. You're going to be 70 pretty soon. I know your wife's 50, but you're going to be 70 pretty soon. How many are 80? All the folks that are 79 younger, sit down. People are 80. buy you and your wife a cup of coffee. I would buy you two gallons of gas, but it's cheaper to buy the coffee now. That's right. That is your wife. Okay, I wanted to make sure I didn't say anything out of turn. Pam, Pam talks to me about those things. This morning I was getting on the elevator, and I get, whenever I'm around people, I just start talking. I don't recommend it, but it happens with me. And so I got in the elevator uh, going down to get, what's that? What did I do? Okay. I want to welcome the folks that are watching online. Let's give them a hand. I almost forgot that my wife reminded me. And so I'm getting on the elevator. People that know me believe this, but I was getting on the elevator, and uh, these these people were on there, a husband and wife and three little girls, uh, seven, six, and two. And I looked, and the guy, the, the guy... I said to the guy, I was looking at a lady, I said, well, it's nice to have mom and grandpa here with these kids. You know, I'm talking to these kids. And the guy said, uh, she is my wife. And when I looked at them, they were both young enough to be my kid. But the guy, you know, he was bald. And, and nothing against that, because I worry about losing it right here. I am starting to lose a little. And so I just started talking. I said, I am so sorry. My wife is not here to protect me and other people. I am so sorry. And the guy said, oh, it's okay, it's okay. And uh, the, the little two-year-old girl, later I saw her where you're eating the hotel breakfast, she looks at me and she goes, <laughs> really interesting, really interesting. <clears throat> next year, next week, next year, next week, I want to encourage you to be here. I'm going to be teaching a message Pam and I have been working on, but teaching a message that uh, really a word, not that it's not a word from the Lord this morning, but it is about legacy. I've been talking about legacy about living uh, what you're leaving, live that life that when you pass from this life to the next, you're going to say, I, that my grandpa, my dad, my mom, my, my son, daughter, whoever, that's, they were great people. They might have had some faults and failures, but I'm going to tell you what, they really walked in grace and they speak about the legacy you leave behind. It's much more than money. It's much more than stuff. Because most of the stuff you have in your garage and you've been saving and all the china that you have and blankets, that my, I have a blanket my great-grandmother made, and I would think that that would be nice for Jamie because that would be her great-great-grandmother. Uh, the value of those things, all that stuff is this personal value now, and we've been saving this for years, wrapped up tight, airtight, all this kind of stuff, to make sure all that stuff you're leaving them at garage sale, five cents on the dollar, you're gonna be, that's going to be sold, given away, thrown away, and the whole thing, and they really, really get down to where did they leave the cash? Psalm thirty, Psalm eighty-six, verse fifteen. Did everybody get a study guide when you came in? No. Oh, pass out the study guides. Thank you. My, my uh, one on that. Folks that are watching online, you'll be able to catch the points because they're very going to be very clear uh, a part of what's taking place. What a blessing it is to come and we get a chance to be around people we haven't seen for a week or a few days. Get a chance to catch up. But I want to once again say to you, I'm all about next generation. I talked to Sean 
And I asked, and I asked him, I said, uh, I said, you're the youth minister. Uh, tell me about your passion for students. He said something, shared a little. And I said to him, I'm 67 years old, and my, for the rest of my life, since I gave my heart to Christ when I was 15, for the rest of my life, I am committed. I am committed to three generations down. I am committed to make sure they come to Christ. I am committed to those two generations above me, or at least one generation above me as I get older. But it really is about, let's get the kids in here. Amen? Amen. Let's get those people that are 50, 40, 30, 20s, teens, 10. Let's get them in here. So whenever you see somebody young, you don't have to talk their arm off or say rude things like I do in elevators to say, Grandpa and daughter, good to have you with your three kids. It is more of just saying nice things to them. Good to see you. Glad you're here. All those kind of things. And welcome them. And I'm going to tell you, it really comes to music. Um, from the piano player, I think his name is Buddy. Okay, to uh, all these folks that are here on stage, you could, uh, uh, playing. I think Shane was playing the drums, and Rick was up here, and the brother was back here, and the singer, I think his buddy's wife was singing. I don't want to get anybody in trouble. I might have said that wrong, but uh, what a blessing! Amen. These are the same songs we sing in our church, and we go after young people. You go after him. Okay, let's all stand and we're going to look at Psalms 86. Psalm 86, verse 15. Psalm 86, verse 15. It should be on your study guide you have. Short verse. I want to talk about grace. Let's stand for the reading of the Word of God. Those folks at home, you don't have to stand, but please join us in the reading of the Word of God. It says this in Psalm 86, verse 15. But you, O Lord, are God, full of compassion and gracious. Long-suffering and abundant in mercy and truth. I love that word, long-suffering. You know what the Greek and Hebrew both say about the definition of long-suffering? You know what it is? Long-suffering. I am so glad that God has a long-suffering for us. And he understands us. And he's for us. Father, thank you for the word. Thank you for this church. What a transition that is taking place, really a transformation taking place here by the scripture at this church. Those that are watching online and those that are here in the sanctuary and those that are out visiting family and doing things today, God bless them. Let them have a great day because it really is a day of grace. We want to live what we are leaving. We want to live this life and it's going to take grace in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. At the first of the year, the pastor of our church, Ben, he uh, challenged the church to come up with a word that they can think about, something to challenge, just one word. And so I took a week and I thought about this word. What is the word I need to become better at? What is the word that I need to refresh within me? What is the word that I need to change and it's going to take God even more? Not that I was bad, but I wasn't perfect. Not that I didn't uh, speak out of turn to my wife every once in a while. I'm not perfect. Not that I didn't, so when you start thinking about those things, I started to think about, I need grace. So then I started studying, looking at everything in grace. Other people had, resi- uh, had endurance, other people had mercy, other people had kindness, other people, whatever word it was, you took a personal for yourself and then found a prayer partner or somebody you could pray with you, which I did. And it is making your own de- uh, definition of that word. And then I started to listen to songs. There's a group out called We Are the Messengers. We Are the Message or We're the Messengers. Tremendous songs. They sing a song and he talks about you turned my life from ashes to grace. 
You turn my life that was in rejection to accept. It's that kind of song. And I listen to that song, and I listen to it, and I write down the words. I add them on the front of my phone to where I can look at them every once in a while and remind myself that he brought me from ashes to life. That that grace that he gives us, that he is so compassionate, I want to challenge you, it's coming on July 1. We're fixing to go to the second half of the year. It is the uh, halftime, if you will, a little bit now. What is one word that you need to seek the Lord for? What is one word the rest of this year you want to start developing your life around and then start finding scriptures? Find an accountability partner or partners that will help you in walking. Folks that are at home, I encourage you to watch, to be a part of it, listen to it. What is the word that God is saying to you over and over again? Uh, By way of introduction, you'll see there it's unconditional. Romans 11.6 says, by grace. Then it is not by works. If it were, grace would no longer be grace. If I could work long enough, do long enough, spend long enough, do enough around the church, join the church long enough, then I would finally, no, 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 it hasn't, it, it's not about that. It's about his grace, that it's not based on anything else but his grace. Unlimited. Ephesians 3.20. Now to him who is able to do in, immeasurably more than we can think or ask, Or we can imagine, according to our riches, the grace. Everybody say grace. Grace. The grace in the Lord Jesus Christ. What is the heritage of the body of Christ? What is the uh, legacy we want to leave? We want to live grace. Are you a Christian? Yes. But do we understand grace? Unendings. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 verse 16. May our Lord Jesus Christ himself and God, our Father, who who loved us by his grace, gave us an eternal encouragement and good hope unmerited. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 7 and 8. To him who, to, in him we have redemption through the blood unforgiveness of sin. What is that called? The riches of God's grace that he lavished us, put on us over and over again. This grace, he gives us eternal courage and hope unmerited. Ephesians 1, 7 and 8. I'll talk about that in a moment. Isaiah 30, verse 18. The Lord longs to be gracious to you. The writer of Isaiah writing 750 years before Christ is born, says to the world before they knew what the world was all about, about this one that was coming. And he was, as he says in Isaiah 51, he was bruised for our iniquities, the chastisement of our peace was upon him, and by his stripes we were healed. He's saying to them, he is gracious to us. The Lord longs to be gracious to us. I was waiting for a parking space. I dropped Pam off yesterday, and I was going around trying to find a parking space, trying to find it, and I found it. This guy was backing out, and so I'm waiting. And as I'm waiting, out of nowhere comes this person in their car, and the person backed out, and as they were leaving, they got right in there. And I thought to myself, what? I have to say this because I'll feel better about myself. I did give a little toot. Boop. How many of y'all have done that before? I won't ask you how many have never done that because lying is about grace and we're glad you came. 
And then I went and told my wife after I picked her up. I said, man, this gal, this was, she slid right in there. I went like this. And she went like this. I went, what? And blew my, you know, that little beep like that. Beep. No, it was just a beep. And she said, did you have on your left turn signal? That's not the point, Pam. The point really is, and the folks at home should be getting this now, the the point is that I was waiting. Anybody with Ed would really have to, and hopefully you're not visiting here this morning. It was me. I asked forgiveness. <laughs> Let me give you three things about grace. Grace is this. God, God's saving grace releases us, releases my guilt. All of us have failed and fall short. Ephesians 1, 7 and 8 said, In him we have redemption through the blood. And forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace, which he made abound toward us in all wisdom and prudence. It is God's mercy, not my merit. It's his grace. It's God's goodness, not the few things I've done good, but it is his grace. It's by God's love undying for you and I. And it's not by my wishy-washiness saying I'm going to stay involved with this or not and stay committed to Christ or not. It is really about me coming to him and say, I want you to release me from my guilt. And a word that we uh, is around seems to be a lot, shame. Please do not tell your kids this old story like I heard. I'm not saying it was dreadfully wrong. It's just not biblical. Uh, My mom was a superhero. I respect her dearly, but I found out later, and I would give these talks when I would coach people or coach football players. It gave them the, I'm not saying it's horribly wrong, but think through this. It is almost like a shame on you when you were a kid. Come on, I'm 15, I'm 18, I'm 30, I'm 40, like it's a shame on you. It used to be this, you would get the suck it up talk. You got to suck it up. Proverbs is clearer by saying, That when we suck up anger into our lungs, into our life, we will eventually die from the inside out. When we suck up, suck it up. And then he says, hope deferred makes a heart sick. There's been so many times when we forget sometimes, I catch myself about grace. He is releasing me from my guilt to say, okay, you, you sinned, you've fallen short, you ask forgiveness, let's move on. Not move on doing the same thing, but by his grace change. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 8 and 9 says, For by grace have you been saved through faith, that not of yourselves. It is a gift from God. Everybody say grace is a gift. Grace is a gift. It is a a gift of God, not of works, lest any of us should boast. Here's the principle of salvation is based on God's promise. Not my preference. It is built on performance. You got it. Somebody was watching. It is based on God's promise, not my performance. How do I get it just right? It is this promise that will never leave or forsake us. If we're not careful, we say it's because I'm sincere, so as long as I'm sincere, I'll go to heaven. It's not about sincerity, it's about true honesty. It is this salvation that he releases us from guilt. It's not from subtraction, that if I stop doing these things, that He, I will get saved just for stop doing these things. No, the only way we can come to Christ is repent of our sins, ask him in our heart, and become our Savior. Because uh, I was talking to a guy 
one time years ago, an old uh, pastor that ended up in a assisted living, a nursing home, and I went to see him one time. He pastored a church across the street. I barely got to know him. Once again, Pam and I were at the same church 38 years, and there were some older, guys, older pastors there when we got there. I remember going to see him at the nursing home. I thought, I'll go meet him, see him. I hardly got to know him. I went in to see him. He said, one thing for sure in a nursing home is that there's nothing to do wrong. So I really have nothing to ask Jesus forgive me about anymore. And I said, what, how does that fit in the Bible? He said, sincerity does not get you saved. You must accept Christ as your personal Savior. Amen. I said, keep that message alive in this place. So when we think to ourselves, well, I've stopped all these different things. I should be doing just right. Here's the second one. God's strengthening grace reshapes my life. You see, God's promises, God's promised us to be that person that God wants me to be. Jeremiah talks about in 18, I believe, where he goes to the potter's house and he peeks in the window and he says he sees the potter and he's making the clay on the spinning wheel and it's going round and round and as he moves his hand it forms it in and out and the outside the way the potter wants it to be and then all of a sudden he finds this flaw, this thing, this broken piece and what does he do? He reshapes it again. He takes it and puts it back on there and then he does it over again to get it right. When we talk about grace, grace God strengthens, strengthening grace reshapes my life. He doesn't just stop that I'm not going to hell anymore, I'm going to heaven. He doesn't stop there. He wants us to grow and be more closer to him and be committed to the purpose of Christ and the purpose of grace. It is by his grace. You say, well, man, Pastor Hal, I've got different problems. I've tried to reshape them. I've tried to reshape them, and I catch myself doing the same thing. I must do the discipline of saying yes. He does the work of showing me not to do that. Relationships can fail. They fail. What happens to when I first became a Christian? It was a lot of rules. It was a lot on relationship, and then it turned into rules. If we're not careful, we let our traditions. Please hear this thought. Whether you're online here in the sanctuary, we can take our transitions and turn them into our theology. That's not grace. Grace is our theology, our knowing, our studying God. It's by His blood we are saved. It's by asking him for forgiveness. It's asking him to transform us. Romans chapter 1. Now they're for being transformed. How do you do that? By the renewing of your mind. That we may become everything he's created grace for us to be. It really, Colossians chapter 2 verse 6, 6 says, Just as you receive Christ, Jesus as Lord, continue to live within him. Here's the principle. You see, relationships... It starts out this relationship, and then we fall into these rules. Here's the principle. God's love. God loves you the way you are, but he does not let you stay that way. He is working on you. Number three, God's sustaining grace relieves my hurt. God keeps... God helps me keep going when I want to stop and give up. He totally releases this from me, this hurt. He totally removes it. You can put a lot of our words right there over to our word. He releases. He renews. He regenerates us. His sustaining grace 
When we pray and we're going through a tough time, how many of y'all have been through a hurtful, tough time the last 30 days? Raise your hand along with Pam and I. I've come to the conclusion we're either uh, came through a tough time, painful, hurtful time, came through it, we're on the other side, or we're fixing to go through a tough time. You're fixing to go through a tough time. That's a Louisiana term, fixing. Mom and them are fixing dinner, fixing. You're fixing to go through a tough time, you sense it coming, or you're right dab in the middle of a tough time. The time I like about hurt is when I'm fixing to and when it's over. And I like it about it can slow down to where it's long suffering rather than long, 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 how long? Then he says, I'm working both the willing to you, the church in Colossians. I'm working both the willing to do of my good pleasure, not your good pleasure, my good pleasure in your life. When we come to this place, he is saying to us, there's two choices. They're very easy to understand. God will remove the pain. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 16 says, Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace, that we may find, obtain mercy to find grace to help in the time of need. It's my opinion, those folks here, that you need God to help you. You're in the middle of a pain, a hurt, a disappointment. And you need God's releasing. Relieving. Grace to speak life to you. Sometimes he removes the pain. He supplies grace. He removes the pain. We learn, we may learn, what we may learn through pain, we learn more through pain than we do pleasure. The second choice there is God may leave the pain with sustaining grace. Have you ever been through the I need a sustaining, sustaining grace? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. I need a uh, sustaining grace. Second Corinthians 12, 9. We see where Paul he's, goes to the Lord three times and he tells him there's a thorn in the flesh. It wasn't his mother-in-law. It wasn't any of those kind of people. It wasn't the father-in-law. It wasn't this guy. But it was a thorn in the flesh. Be careful. When you tell somebody, I guess I'm like, a, I was there for, I was, Pam and I went there when we were 28. When I was 30, a guy very sincerely said to me, Pastor, I guess I'm just a thorn in the flesh to you. I said, you, you don't want to be that. He said, why does it make you angry? No, no, no. It will make you angry because the Bible says a thorn in the flesh sent by the evil one. So, please, just... Don't don't quote scripture that you really think sounds spiritual because it really is. But just so here he goes. My grace is made sufficient. He cries out three times for my strength was made perfect in weakness. Therefore, most gladly, I will rather boast in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. We say we can handle it. Christ puts out his nail print hands and his feet and the, and the whippings and the scourging and the crown on his head on resurrection. Because I believe every day is Christmas and Easter for a, for a believer. Is that in the, doing all this, he says to it, let me handle it and you grow. Because I was wounded for your transgressions. It's the long suffering. It's the grace. You're still with me. 
We feel like, and I catch myself, it depends on me. It depends on me to make the decision to say yes, and then everything else depends on him as he walks us through. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 15, looking carefully, lest anyone fall short of the grace of God, lest a root of bitterness springing up could cause trouble. And by this, many become defiled. Who is a person that hurts you in the past will keep hurting you as long as you let them? You cannot wait the rest of your life waiting for the person who created the pain to stop doing it. You have to stop letting it happen. When we look at this challenge of grace, we had a guy in our church, brilliant guy. He built a house. Once again, we were there for a long time. He built a house in a new subdivision. And that subdivision stayed after it was there for about 30 years. His house was paid off. He was celebrating. A few weeks later, he came. And he uh, said, man, Pastor, now I gotta, the house is paid for. Now it's falling apart. I said, what does that mean? He said, we have some roots that got into, this, into the foundation. It was a, a house on a, a concrete foundation. And he said, these roots he got in, he had... Back in the day, you could put heat things into the coils or something, into the concrete or whatever it was. And this roots from this tree got in there and started cracking a little bit. That he had to replace it and go to units and all that kind of thing. He said, can you imagine that? I said, how did that all happen? I went over to his house, and there was a tree. He had a picture. There was a tree that was about this big around, and this tall, and his house was like over right there by that wall. He's got a picture when he bought the house, the tree was like about like this. And he could trim the top of it. But after a while, he had to get other people. And those roots started, and then the tree started to die. So he cut down the tree then. But the roots keep growing. And he said those roots had already established life within my, the foundation. You know where it goes. How is it with our life? Who's a person that is just a root of bitterness? Springing up, he says in Hebrews. Not only defiles you, but many. That everyone you come in contact with, touch, it brings defilement. James chapter 4, verse 7 says, Therefore, submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. I get myself, Hal Santos gets himself caught up in pride sometimes, where I just think that I can fix it. Really, change comes when we humble ourselves before the Lord and say, Lord, this has hurt me. This has bothered me. I know that you can remove the pain, but since it hasn't left, show me exactly where I need to grow and what I need to do. Okay, Lord, this is really hard on me. Could you? He does. And then there's sustaining, sustaining grace that He gives us. Sustaining grace. Let me give the principle: is forgive, forgiveness is the release of God's grace. Forgive that person, Jesus says from the cross, because they don't know what they're doing. Mm -hmm. Stephen getting stoned, and off in the distance, Saul hears him say, Father, forgive him, as they're stoning him to death. And Saul, who later becomes Paul, realizes the words of his mouth was a life-changing work within his heart, of grace. 
Forgiveness is the release of God's grace. Take home, take away. What do I do with God's grace? Be a grace giver. So from yesterday with the rudeness of the lady that went in front of me and learned how to be a grace giver, that little passing pain was nothing. God wanted to see if I could be a grace giver. So next time I'll put on the left turning signal and then blow the horn and go, what? (laughs) It is grace giving. If you'll be gracious, God, talking about me, you, God will make us grace givers. Folks that are watching online at home, thank God for online opportunities. It's where do I need to give grace? Share it. Share God's grace. Tell people you forgive them. And that gives them a better picture of the Father. 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 8 says, I speak not of my commandment. Not of my by commandment, but I am testing the sincerity of your love by the diligence of others. He's calling us this morning to diligence. That he is really calling us in our marriage to have grace. Our in-laws, give grace. For the people we think are judging us, prejudging us, give them grace. To the people that want to come in to your office and speak ugly of you and be accusatory, be still. Give grace. During COVID, people that came to our church, like every church in America, had different thoughts in that. After a while, the Lord just dealt with me. Be still. And the biggest thing I share with our pastor that, in, that was being mentored, Pastor Ben, is we're learning how to be still. I think he already knew how to do that. He's watching to see what the old guy would do. Grace. I'm going to ask him to come and sing a song about grace. And then I'm going to ask the folks that are watching the line, don't leave, don't go anywhere. Uh, not only can you give online, but you can send a note that you need prayer too. Those folks, that I, uh, just, just send a note you need prayer. Not only is the giving online and the opportunity giving here, it really comes down to Give of yourself. Give yourself to God. Best uh, Pam and these folks, uh, buddy, to sing a song. As we sing it, you get these words. We'll stand and we'll sing it together. Then Pam will ask the elders along with me to pray for folks. We're not going to drag it out, but we really want to work it out within us. That he that is willing to do. Some of you have come with hurting and uh, you're glad that God just took the pain away. He just gave the answer. And then sometimes in the stillness, he's saying to him, it's long-suffering grace. It's going to take time. He's working something better within us. This time on this earth, my grandmother lived to be 101, was just a very strong Southern Baptist, following Jesus, read the word say what the word says person I remember talking to her when she turned 100 and I said granny what's it like getting older she said well it's like Christmas every other month (laughs) and I said what's it like getting older with God he said he never leaves us 
And he never forsakes us at 100 years old. Even though hell raises, heaven is my visitor and will handle it. I say, go for it, Granny. Go for it. But that's the heritage, and she left me. My mom passed away, and I was thinking to her, at her when she was a few days she was living, she looked up at me, and she said, Son, she said, while I'm breathing, keep believing. And she passed away a few days later. But the beauty of it is, she got healed. The beauty of it is, my granny will never age another day. In fact, she probably looks like newborn skin. I don't know. I'll find out someday. And there's those times when God is working something deeper within you, and it takes grace. Let's stand. As we sing this, I'd like for the elders to come up, if you would, to join me to pray with folks, and then Pam will uh, lead from there. Father, we pray in Jesus' name, right where we're sitting, whether standing or sitting here in the sanctuary, or at home, or watching this later, that the Spirit of the Lord will bring deliverance and freedom the spirit of the lord will bring release god more than relief release god we pray that your grace it is sufficient that when we're going through something god you do not forsake us or leave us and god it might be short it might be long but god your sustainable grace helps us through i pray for each person who's here god that you would touch them minister to them Thank you, Lord, for those that are listening, watching. We ask you, Lord God, they're making decisions about life. They need health. They need a healing in their body, God. I pray for those that have Parkinson's, for those who have heart trouble, for those who have liver trouble and cancer. God, in the name of Jesus, those that have loneliness, those that have bitterness, that it's like eating away at their soul, that in the name of Jesus, you would heal them, God, and set them free. I pray, God, that you would touch each person, God. Let the Spirit of the Lord do your new work and your new abundance, your new grace. Thank you, God, that all things work together for the good. All things work together for the good. In Jesus' name, we thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you for coming and being a part. And... uh, just given Pam and I the opportunity to, to share and uh, uh, touch your lives and you touch ours. Just keep praying for uh, Pastor and his wife and his kids that they have a great time off. I know from Pastor, if you're not careful, you just keep going, you keep going. Like you all do in some of your jobs, you just keep going, you need that break. We pray that he has a time of refreshing because he's a high, he has high integrity. He's a great young man, great young man. So I appreciate you. want to encourage you that? They have the box, uh, offering boxes, if you're new, on the back. If you want to give an uh, information card or whatever, your information, you can put it there. But on a, a wall in the back, on the pillars there, there are the boxes for offering. We encourage you to give. Those folks that are watching online, you can give online anytime. Father, in Jesus' name, we proclaim your grace, your purpose, your love. In Jesus' name, amen. Blessings to you. Hang around and fellowship a little bit.